Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Mindshare Radio. As always, it is so good to have you with me today. Today, I want to talk about working with bad clients and bad fit clients. You know, there really are no bad clients. They say we make bad clients. We make them by accepting them, and we make them in the first place, and we make them by enabling bad behavior and and allowing it to continue. And whether that is poor treatment of you as a consultant or whether that is, uh, frankly, you know, any number of things that would cause you stress or, or would raise a red flag or ultimately prevent a project from being successful, which can also create more stress and, and negative byproducts. So we'll talk about the, the, the nine reasons why working with bad clients, uh, is, is damaging to your business and not worth the revenue that you get from it, even if you think that it is now, just to give you some context, I've, I love all my clients now. I've worked with bad clients in the past, bad fit clients. Usually they look like um, wanting to knock you down on price. They usually look like, uh, you know, questioning everything you do. They usually look like, you know, auditing and reviewing and analyzing and overanalyzing and, and not, you know, not ultimately kind of believing anything or or not implementing anything that you that you say they should do. And then potentially even turning around and then, blaming you for a lack of results. Sometimes it looks like uh, a, a desire to get results very, very quickly without really putting in the strategic kind of foundation for things and then uh, and then turning around and blaming you if there are no results from that. And ultimately, to me, I mean, there's, there's degrees of bad fit clients. There are the kind that create a great amount of stress and those ones should be weeded out of your garden quickly. Uh, because usually that doesn't go away or it'll go away for a while and come back and that can cause other problems. But then there's the kind of clients that are okay. I mean, they're nice and they mean well, uh, but nothing gets done. And those you can kind of tolerate. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I've, I've tolerated that uh, many times, especially when I had bandwidth. And usually that looks like, you know, nothing getting done week over week over week, a month over month over month. And then we're kind of looking at each other, but but they're not blaming you and they're not overtly dissatisfied, but it's also not a progressing relationship. You're not moving either the relationship or their business or getting the business results they're intending. And as a fiduciary advisor, which you are, as someone who acts in your client's best interest, at some point, those kinds of clients, even if you like them personally and you like working with them, if you're not going to get them results, not able to, because either they're not willing to or able to implement or or don't have the time, then, then frankly, you know, those clients, you want to give them the benefit of a goodbye, uh, or but significantly downgrade to something that, that they can sustain that that works for them. Uh, although it really depends, you know, if you're in a pure advisory relationship and someone just in their situation is call me when you need me, then arguably, uh, that's a relationship that can sustain, but you know, uh, those are usually not the kind that I have. Usually clients are actively looking to work with me. So I'm going to give you those nine things. Most of these are from the perspective of that first kind of client, the one that uh, is negative, overly critical, overly um, uh, not willing to work, needing to be convinced of things, uh, complains or doesn't respond to your emails or has a very rude uh, communication style or, you know, anything ultimately that creates this feeling of, oh gosh, this is not good. 
uh, and because really, you know, that, that there is a cost to that you, and we'll get into that. So that's the kind of client I'm talking about. The other kinds that are sort of floating along, you know, you can get by with them and you, it's your job to coach them in a way that motivates them and gets them going. But ultimately if results don't happen as a fiduciary advisor, as an advocate, as, as an, you know, as a champion for your clients, it's your job to sort of maybe nudge them. And I've, I've nudged some from being in my, one-to-one programs to going into a group program. So after they've worked with me for a while and results aren't really happening, I'll sometimes put them, if there's slots available in say a small group coaching program in my co-working business, uh, I've, I've put people into that and that allows them to move slowly and profitably and still get some feedback and kind of guidance. Uh, although oftentimes the trends keep going, you know, they, they continue to not execute very well. And uh, that's sort of a systemic thing, but you know, you can't always fix that, but you can at least continue to advocate for clients in a role that makes sense for them. And, uh, that's, that's gotta be your, your main objective. Otherwise at some point, you know, you'll do the math, they'll do the math, you'll do the math and you'll realize that the relationship isn't profitable for both of you. And if you've read a recent article I put together at some point, it has to be mutually profitable. It has to be profitable for you and it has to be profitable for the client in order to be able to sustain the business. Otherwise, if you have clients where your relationship is not mutually profitable, uh, it's not sustainable. It's not a, a firm business model and you'll eventually go out of business. It's only a matter of time. Now I will say that there is a caveat that if the say client depends on you as sort of downside protection, or maybe you're overlooking their analytics and providing some light advisory services, insurance is, is value. So don't feel like you need to produce a lot of deliverables. In fact, I don't produce deliverables. Don't feel like you need to do a lot of work to produce value. Ultimately, sometimes being in the room and keeping your eyes on the the numbers and just the the ship is enough to create value. So, don't confuse you know effort with value is kind of the caveat there. Um, so, but we're going to go to those kind of toxic clients. We're going to talk about the 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 you know the downsides of of working with them and and what happens because I really want you to know like and I you know I really want you to internalize this because it's very difficult to turn away business when you need the money when you know your client is paying you two, three, four, five, six, ten thousand dollars a month and that's a good amount of money. And and sure you can put up with a bit of stuff. You're a service provider. So and you know, discomfort is going to happen. And there's going to be times where things are a little bit stressful or a little bit difficult. But your job isn't to run in those situations. It's only when you have this systemic either personality or even character kind of clash and and then it creates just a toxic, stressful environment. Or you're not getting the communication standards that you need to and you know you really need to in order to be able to do your job you need buy-in and you're not getting buy-in and involvement from the ceo or the business owner uh, and other things that are going to cause you to stress out so that's the kind of person we're going to talk about today and i'll just jump right into it uh, without any further ado so the first one is that it, it distracts you from doing your best work for your best clients and you know i've got these two fiddle leaf plant i'll give you a kind of an analogy i've got these two fiddle leaf plant uh fiddle leaf fig plants in my house and they both have they're both in a similar part of the house the best light available one of them is really struggling and not doing great and there's reasons for that and the other one is doing really well and i think it's because of the drainage and whatever else but my tendency is to want to continue to add a little bit more water when i see that struggling plant because it looks a little bit dry or what have what have you or i'm i'm clipping off leaves or i'm i'm fiddling with it not no pun intended but what the problem with that is that like I'm, I'm actually giving my worst client, my worst plant, the most love. And yeah, maybe it needs the most love, but it also requires and demands most of my time and mental energy and bandwidth 
although this is minimal, I literally walk past it every day on the way to and from my bedroom. So, you know, this isn't like a big deal, but the point is that it does your natural tendency is to, is to look for the, the negative and, and, and then to spend your time trying to fix it. So, uh, working with bad clients or bad fit clients, uh, cause there are no bad clients, just, just bad fit for you, depending on your standards and your, your boundaries, distract you from doing your best work with your best clients. So that's number one. Number two is it ties you up from working with new and better fit clients. So you only have so much hours, so many hours in the day, so much, uh, you know, mental bandwidth, so much energy and everything you, every time you give to this client, you're now you kind of the seat on the bus is taken up. So you can't have it. There's not even room for a better fit client or even if there is, there's not always room to, or even, you know, we'll talk about this, but, uh, mental, you know, energy to, to go out and market yourself and to fill that slot. And you may feel, you know, other things, which we'll get into. So it kind of takes the spot of a better fit client. Number three is it creates stress, which, okay, every job has a degree of stress, but if you're like me and you're like most people, that stress doesn't just stay at your desk that you, you visit when you're working nine to five or when you're talking to them, that stress follows you around. That stress follows you home. It impacts your relationship with your family and it impacts other areas potentially of your health, right? So stress is a really important thing to manage and I think it's under discussed. And I think that's one of the main things is use stress as a signal when it's time to part ways with a client. And if that's prolonged stress and maybe even sometimes keeping a journal or speaking with a coach or, um, you know, I've, I've got kind of got a walking journal. I use an app called day one, which allows me to just talk into it kind of like this. And it kind of transcribes what I'm saying, but at least I kind of get the thoughts out. And if you notice a trend or a pattern over time, and I've had various other journaling methods, this is just the one I'm doing now then you need to kind of address that. If you, you know, if you see that six months ago, you're feeling this way and now you're still feeling this way, like, boy, it's way past time to, to make a change. So, uh, create stress, which we, which you bring home to your loved ones. You know, you get snippy, you get snarky, you get a little bit, you know, you know, things happen, right? They're your family. But when you're stressed, you naturally bring that to the people around you. They say hurt people, hurt people. So if you're feeling that it's only a matter of time before that's going to impact those around you and that's not fair to them and it's not worth the revenue that they're giving you for that kind of uh, stress for you and your family and your loved ones. Number four is it eliminates the chances of you getting a referral in the end. So a big part of our business is is referrals is a positive experience uh, in wrapping the engagement when it's time and then seeking a referral from your client. Hey, would, do you know anyone else that I should speak to that would value these services? I would love an introduction to, you know, a couple people. If, if anyone comes to mind, uh, whether or not it turns into anything, doesn't matter. I would just love that if, if you're willing to. And then obviously the testimonials and, and case studies, which we'll get into. So it, it practically eliminates that, that chance of you getting it. Cause what ends up happening with these bad fit clients is that the, the end of the relationship comes and it's not a positive note. If it wasn't positive during the engagement, it's sure not going to be positive at the end. Uh, so, you know, that's pretty much um, uh, an end to the referral chain. Okay, so that's not good. So another reason to go find a better client. And the only way you can do that is to free up your time to go do so, generally, unless you're really, really not, not booked. So it doesn't get you a referral. Number five is it reduces the chance of you being able to create a case study similar to a referral. If the client isn't happy during the engagement, they're probably not going to be that cooperative in helping you create a case study and it's giving you a testimonial and everything else. So don't expect that to happen. So the better you're better off kind of cutting your losses, even if there's a lot invested and, uh, and really, you know, I think there's ways to do this and this isn't really in the scope of this, of this, uh, of this podcast, but 
this episode, but a, but sometimes a discussion of, Hey, this isn't working. I feel stressed when this, I'm noticing a trend of this. It seems that you're upset about this. It seems like you're frustrated about this. Uh, is this relationship working? Are we getting results? Or I'm noticing we're not implementing. I notice we're not doing this thing. I notice this side of the other and just calling things out really frankly, being heavily on the side of candor whenever you can so that it clears the air and it allows for a healthy discussion. And that's really your job as a catalyst, as an advisor to, to, to call out the things that are happening in an empathetic way and a detached way in a way that doesn't create more conflict, but just calls out, you know, I'm noticing this. I sense that this isn't working for you. Should, you know, we consider uh, alternative arrangements or potentially, you know, wrapping things up if, if it doesn't feel like it's a good fit, even if you're within, you know, the scope, you're within the, the initial um, period of time, you, you know, you ultimately never want to work with a client when they're not happy. So you always want to let them out. Uh, even if they have a six month commitment and how you do that is up to you. Some people will do, you know, uh, like cancellation cause, uh, without cause or whatever for six for an extra month of payment or two months or three months. Or some people will say, no, you got to pay me the full six months initial term. Regardless, I tend not to be that way, but I tend not to want to keep any clients <laughs> stuck in their contract with me when they don't want to be in. So take that for what it is. Um, number six is it drains your energy, both physically and emotionally. Maybe spiritually. I don't know. It depends. Depends on how you interpret things. And that energy is all you have. Like I find when I'm having low energy days, I can't get anything done. Today I'm having a good day. Um, I had a nice exercise. Things are good. My clients are all happy, and I'm happy with them, which is the most important thing. And uh, well, I guess it's mutually important. But uh, yeah, it, you know, working with bad fit clients drains your energy, and that's not good for anybody. Number seven is it hurts your confidence in other areas of your life and business. So you cannot succeed as a consultant if you're not confident. If you're not confident, it'll show across as neediness. It'll show across as, uh, you know, you won't you won't be able to stand firm. You won't be able to, you know, you need to be ready to be fired, although not provoking getting fired. You, you need to have a backbone. You need to have, you need to stand by your recommendations and hold standards for your clients and hold them to, that, to it. And you can't do that without confidence. You can't win deals without confidence. You know, a lot of sales is just a transference of belief. Um, and if something in the back of your mind is like creating, ultimately creating doubt in your ability to create results, like having a negative fit client or a bad fit client, that's going to seriously impact, uh, your ability to sell and deliver and ultimately to be on, you know, your clients, when you're advising or consulting or even freelancing or running an agency, it doesn't matter. And when I say advising, you can read into it however you want. Uh, I speak to advisors, but we're all advisors. So I speak mostly to the advisor, but it applies to everybody. It shows. If you're quivering, if you're not able to stand behind your work, if you're not able to stand behind your results, even if you can't prove everything, if you're not able to stand behind your decisions and your advice, and that doesn't mean not being able to go back on it. That doesn't mean not being able to like change your mind, totally fine to change your mind, just do with confidence. And you can't do that when you have this thorn in your side. It's like, it's like trying to walk with a nail in your shoe and and like you're in extreme pain. It's going to show in your face. Uh, and you can't have that. So kind of like actors, you know, their, their whole thing is to protect their, their mindset and protect their mental health and their, their happiness, uh, because it shows on, on stage or in, in film, same with you. And you have to be on, you know, we're on a zoom lifestyle as a consultant these days, and you can't afford to have bad days. You can afford to have some, but what I find is that when you're down, you know, it's one thing to be a little angry when you're down, when you're sad, which can be a result of working with clients for too long that are not good fits. What, what I, what I've noticed is that if, you know, sharks kind of smell the, 
the blood in the water. And it's, I think it's a human instinctive thing that when there's weakness and like, don't call me in this, this isn't a grand theory or anything, but if, if you're feeling down or weak, you end up kind of opening yourself up to getting a little bit bullied. Uh, it's just a theory, but I don't know. And not bullied in like an active, like people are going to call you names way, but to get pushed around or, you know, for clients not to listen to you or not to take you seriously. So, you know, I don't know, take that for what it is. But when your confidence is low, I find that things sort of stack up. You, you're not, you don't have that same fight in you. And I think you need to have a backbone as a consultant. Uh, so you need to protect that and preserve that as best you can and to stack your wins and uh, cut your losses whenever possible. So that's number seven is confidence. It hurts your confidence in, in business and in life. So uh, that's everything. Uh, and that can be your personal relationships that it impacts everything. You know, It's really hard to, to just cut the line between business and life. So that's number seven. Number eight is it burns you out more quickly, which is really bad for business. So, you know, my son was born just three months before the pandemic in uh, late November of 2019. And then uh, the pandemic hit and, and then I thought I was going to lose all my business, but I actually, you know, decided to take on all the opportunities that came with me. So I was less picky and I got very busy for a good year and a half and I was at full bandwidth and only now am I sort of freeing up a little bit more time to invest into Mindshare and and uh, in this and, and my work on the coaching level and really enjoying that and I'm enjoying having a little more breathing room and it's always a balance. You don't want to get too much breathing room and get soft and you don't want to be working too hard, but you do need to work, watch out for, for, for burnout. And I think like, I think a lot of us have gone through a very challenging, first of all, a lot of businesses just boomed during COVID unless you're a brick and mortar store. A lot of them did really, really well in terms of financially. And so a lot of people are just, I think burned out right now. And then there's the, there was the whole stress of uncertainty and, and all these things. And it puts a lot of stress on you and your family. And then we're all cooped up and there's a lot of, a lot going on. So, but I think we're all kind of facing some degree of, of burnout these days. And we just have to watch that. So working with bad fit clients will burn you out so fast. And the, the burnout is one thing and it, it impacts all those other things like your energy and your happiness and all those things we just talked about. But if you burn yourself out completely, you can actually lose your ability to do your job in the future. Like it can, you can, if you let yourself burn out to the, the bone, you will not be able to perform. You will not consciously or not, you will not be able to work with more clients at the level you need to be, to be, you know, financially successful. So, uh, take that for what it is. You know, I, I see burnout as a real, real risk and, um, that's not good. You know, it's a real risk to your business if you burn yourself out. And, um, you know, as a consultant, you're the asset. And at the end of the day, uh, if you burn yourself out, you don't have an asset. If you burn through your clutch or your brakes, like that's it. <laughs> you know, there's, it takes a long time to, to grow that back, you know, to, to get back your, your energy. And I think taking vacations and rest and everything's good, but a big part of it is not working with clients that, that you just aren't aligned with. And that's a really, really key point. So it burns you out more quickly. That's number eight. And then the last point is number nine is it creates risk and risk is not good. We're always trying to mitigate risk for ourselves and our clients and downside risk and, you know, mitigation of potential things going wrong. So risks like reputational damage. So if the client is unhappy and you let that relationship fester or get worse. And remember, if you have a relationship that's not working, your job is to is to close it, to wind it up in a way that lets people save face. And if you haven't read, um, uh, what's his name? If you haven't read how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, uh, I think there's a chapter in there about letting people save face. That's such a huge one, right? Like, because if, if, if you, if you kind of, you know, throw like get mad at your client and then let them go, 
and you fight as you leave or you, there's just negativity, then what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to protect their reputation by speaking poorly of you potentially in the future. So even if you both let each other save face, you still want to make a, a positive transformation, a positive handoff, a positive wind down of, of your work so that everyone is at least happy. So no one feels like they need to defend themselves even, even subconsciously, you know, by potentially damaging your reputation, which is all you have, especially when you're in a niche or a niche, you got to protect your reputation. Um, it's going to take hits potentially at some point from some people, but hopefully not in a massive way. Uh, and then things like lawsuits. So if people aren't happy um, or you're not getting results or things start to fall apart, people, lawsuits only happen when relationships fall apart. So lawsuits are a risk that can happen if you're not on track with your clients. And then there's other negative byproducts that can come from from it. So you know, uh, like, you know, people leaving bad reviews online, I don't know where they would put them, but, you know, or in forums or communities, like that's part of reputation, but it can create other basically negative ripple effects. Also, you don't want to be looking over your shoulder, thinking about that past client you worked with a long time ago, that wasn't a good fit that you let fester for too long and then turned into a negative experience for both of you. You just don't want that. You, you always want to be happy and positive And if things aren't working totally cool, let's part ways or figure out a way to make it work. That's got to be your goal in every situation. It won't always happen. Sometimes you got to stand your ground and stand up to bullies and stand up to people who are taking advantage or who are frankly mean or aggressive. Totally cool. Sometimes you got to do that. I remember when I was in elementary school, I think my dad once he gave me, he heard of some kids fighting for some reason that someone was getting bullied and he's like, you know what? I, you know, I give you permission. Basically, if you got to protect yourself, you go, you fight. And luckily I don't think I ever did at least not until maybe I was a teenager and got into a scuffle or something. But, uh, but having that internal permission to, to sometimes fight when you need to is, is important for your confidence as well. Knowing that, you know, you can be cool and friendly, but if push came to shove, you're willing to defend yourself, protect yourself. And, uh, I'm not an aggressive person. I don't own weapons. Um, but uh, you got to be ready to stand your ground and have a backbone when the time comes. So you want to eliminate that. You want to reduce that chance as much as you can. Just just kind of saying, because all of this is nuanced, um, you want to have that as in your back pocket. You got to stand up to yourself when people are really, really being rude or aggressive or mean. Um, so all this is to say is just a reminder, like you are the asset. Working with bad clients is like allowing corrosives on your core machinery if you don't fix it. You'll have no business. The asset of the situation will sort of burn through the parts and you'll, you won't have it. So you are the asset, protect the asset, protect your mind, protect your time, your energy, your spirit. And, you know, don't mistake revenue for a profitable situation. You know, I, I can be very tempting to keep revenue, especially three to five, $10,000 a month. Um, <clears throat> it can be very tempting to take on that. It's not worth it. Uh, for all those reasons I just described, obviously if they're your only client, you have to decide, um, but I'd rather be, you know, I think it's David Baker says, I'd rather, you know, drive an Uber than, I don't know, it was like driving Uber than, I don't know, something, but like presumably, you know, working with terrible clients, uh, I'd rather, you know, he says, I think he and others have said, you know, all you can really do, the only power you have as a consultant is to withhold your expertise and, uh, you know, yeah, so you got to eat, but at the same time, these, these clients are not a solution, even if there's some money coming in. So uh, all the more reason you want to have savings in your bank account, several months worth cash sitting there, giving you that peace of mind, which will give you negotiating leverage. It'll give you peace of mind. You can, you always have to be prepared to walk away from a client or get fired. Basically you need to, to do your job. Well, you need to, you need to be speaking the truth. So just wanted to leave that with you. Um, you are the asset 
and uh, protect it at all costs. So I hope this resonates with you. There are times when you want to work with bad clients because you need the money. Uh, hopefully you don't need it that bad, but I get it. If you do just make sure that they're in the latter category where maybe they're just not ideal clients, but they don't make you stressed out to the point where you're bringing that home and it's affecting the rest of your business. Cause if it is basically you, it's like twice as much negative as it is positive. So if you're earning $5,000 a month, it's a negative 10,000 for a net negative 5,000, potentially even more, potentially even more. So I don't know. That's only some napkin math for you. So watch out closely for that. Avoid the ones that are like acid in the vessel, uh, and then decide, decide how you're going to handle the other ones. But, um, running a good business with good clients will make you more profitable, happier. The work will be more sustainable. You'll have more energy, have more free time. You'll be better, more present with your family and loved ones. So the flip side of all these things are very true. Um, and you'll be more productive. You'll be able to market yourself better, sell yourself better, be less desperate, all these good things and have less risk in your business. So all the flip side of these things are very true. I just wanted to share this with you because, um, yeah, it's been something I've been tweeting about lately and it sort of is on the mind. So hope this helps and uh, best of luck to you. Bye.